Hey all, it's Julie back again. And so soon, wow, here we are, December 26th, um, past the majority of the holidays. We still have New Year's coming up, but I think that just tends to be a party for a lot of people. Um, and I think the most gruesome emotions are, are behind us to some degree. Uh, sorry if some of you are still dealing with the angst of it all. And if you are, um, know that you're normal, you're not broken, and it takes a while to kind of shake off the muck of the emotional energetic stuff that we feel during the holidays. And so because of that, I actually wanted to bring this episode to you, which is I'm going to get into the deeper stuff, but I want to get into it from a different angle and get into it from the fun and the adventure. And I'm hoping I won't be talking about it so much as, as bringing it, but it's possible that I will do that because, you know, that's me. That's what I do. I talk, get into my head. I, I dig deeper and hopefully it benefits you and doesn't mire you down. But, um, yeah, fun. Where is the fun? Like what happens? Like, and not so much like thinking about what happens because I don't want you to think about what happens. Like when there's a loss of fun or there's a loss of love or joy or peace, I don't want you to think about the loss of it. I want you to try to reconnect to when you do have it. And What's bringing about this particular episode is I'm on the road right now, and maybe you can hear in the background some traffic noises and car noises. And I'm not worried about how long this episode's going to take because I got a ride home. But I'm having fun doing this. And why is that? I'm driving. I drove my friend and her boyfriend and their, all their kids to the airport because it's fun. And that doesn't seem like something that would be fun to people, but because of who it was that I was driving, it is fun. And we were reminiscing about our past and how many times I've done this and driven her to, you know, to get the plane for different things and slid in sideways to the airport and she goes running off to you know, catch her flight. And what was interesting was I didn't recall this, but she did. And then as she was speaking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And to me, I was just like, okay, I'm good. Like as soon as I get her there, my end of the adventure is over. And then she's got the next journey, the next leg of the adventure. And hers was looking like stress to her. But I knew we were going to get there, no problem. And that's the way we've always been, is just when she's ebbing, I'm flowing. But we do it at the same, on the same level. So I can bring her back up and she can bring me back up. But we're never low, per se. And not when we're with each other. Like, we're just allowed to be ourselves around each other. And that's a pretty rare thing, actually. And there's only, 
I can think of only two, maybe three people, not three people that I've ever been able to really be myself around. That's when fun comes around because we can pick ourselves into that space of having fun and being joyful, but there's no expectation around it. So here we are, I'm driving her to the airport right next to the, um, right next to, not the airport, the, the hotel right next to the airport. Yep, that's what I mean to say. And her boyfriend says, it's right there. And I'm like, oh, you mean the one that I just passed? Awesome. So I take the next left and it's a parking garage. She's like, oh no, no, not a parking garage. And I'm like, hold on, pop the curb. There we go. And she's like, oh my God. And she just starts busting out laughing because of course, Julie just popped the curb. Like, why would she turn all the way around? This is just what she does. It's not what I do with everybody. But well, yeah, actually kind of do do that with everybody. I don't know. I'm, I'm not one who really cares. Like as long as nobody else is going to be hurt and I'm not going to be like, there was no traffic. There was no nothing. I don't care what somebody thinks, what somebody says. Like, I know that my vehicle can pop that curb in a second from Massachusetts, banged a few UEs. I've in my time, I have, you know, popped a few curbs. I've gone bar and, you know, it's, it's a thing. It's fun. But that's the adventure for me is not knowing what's going to happen. And, and then when you do miss your turn, not making it a catastrophe, but making it an adventure. And that's what I do well when I'm in the right mindset. But given the wrong mindset, if I was late, for instance, if I knew that they needed to catch their flight and I was going to make them late, my energy would have been very different than what it was just now. And so in thinking about that, I'm thinking about so much. So all the people that I've come in contact with over the holidays and the things that they're wrestling with, be it a little bit wrestling or a lot of bit wrestling with it and where our mindset is. But if we focus on the fears, the hurts, the pains, the lack, the where things aren't going right, then we get more of that and it can get a lot more stressful for us and it will get a lot more stressful. But if we look for where we can have pockets of fun, so like I said, a lot of people wouldn't see driving their friend to the airport as fun, but we have fun no matter what we do. And actually the most fun that we have, the less there is to do, if that makes sense. It's both. Like when we're doing the least amount is when we're having the most fun. But also when we have the most fun, it seems like everything lightens up and it doesn't just seem like that way. It does. So finding that pocket of fun is incredibly important. It, it's not frivolous where that's been definitely sold to us in a rotten bill of goods in our society that playing is frivolous. It's an extra. 
having a vacation, you know, like if you work for a certain company, you can only have this many vacation days. And they say it like, you know, oh, there's like a finger pointing about the energy of it. It's like, yeah, you don't deserve that much time. You haven't earned that much time. And then that parlays into the rest of our existence. And it's like, oh, right. Having fun is like, oh, I haven't deserved that. It's not actually, no, I can't do that. Like that would, no, that would be too much fun. And we squash ourselves down, not even necessarily realizing that we do that, but because of things like not having vacation time or when we're allowed to, oh God, I was talking to a friend of mine a few years ago. He was saying, oh yeah, I can't wait for October to come. I'm going to have that vacation then. I'm thinking, it's August. Like, whoa, that's a long time to wait to have fun. And that's not even all that long. But what if you wait all year long to have that fun? What if that fun never shows up? Because, oh, COVID hits. And now your vacation is shut off. Not by your doing or somebody gets sick, or your car like bursts into flames and now you've got to replace it. And now you don't have the money to go on that vacation. There's so many things that can get in the way of that. But if we just have fun and we build it into our day, into our life, and we figure out what that fun is for us, because it's different for everybody. For me, my fun is in making an adventure out of nothing. And there's only been, like I said, a few people that can do that with me. And my girl, Angie, is one of them. And she's she's one of my ride or dies, for sure. We, we hit the high notes, even when we're not intending to hit the high notes. And when we're hitting the low notes, we can bring each other up. How does that happen? because we get each other, because there's certain things that we share in common. First off, we're both incredibly loud and we get that high energy and, and my kids are like, stop yelling in the phone. Sorry, I'm from Massachusetts. That's just what I do. It's who I am. But we get excited. We get excited for each other. We get like psyched to be there with each other, even if there's nothing going on, even if it's just all right, let's just sit down, chill, eat some ice cream, watch a movie, whatever. We're just psyched to be there because we like each other as people. We respect each other. So I think that that is a key component to the recipe of fun, at least for me. And finding out your own recipe and breaking down the ingredients is really important. So do you like ingredients that are stuff like smaller, closer contact. Is that more fun to you? Or do you like bigger, bolder, where maybe you're at a club, maybe you're out in the city, maybe there's more people that could get involved. Do you like it more with friends, family, friends and family, a mix, complete strangers, can you have more fun at a concert than you do at home in your own living room? It doesn't matter what it is unless you're judging it. 
And then it will matter because maybe the reason you're not hitting your fun note is because somebody else's fun is what you think your recipe should be. And that's not the case. Now, to use Angie and I again, we were talking about the music and, and you know, as I'm traveling to a different state, my programmed radio stations are hitting static. So now we're just searching through the radio stations. I'm like, what are we hitting? We had Hispanic, we had country, we had talk radio. There was all kinds of stuff. And then something disco came up and I'm like, out. She's like, no, I love it. And I'm like, nope, sorry, can't do the disco. I don't do disco. And then we hit like a 90s rap type of thing where we knew none of the lines except for the chorus. But we agreed on that because that was our time frame, And we could both go back into something that we could remember and had fun at. And that was an adventure. And it was college for me and Florida for her. And But the music brought us together. But then we're talking about, she's like, oh yeah, no, I, I gotta, I gotta have the, you know, the, um, the drinks and disco with Emily. And I'm like, I'm so glad you have a friend that you can do that with because it will never be me. And we laugh about it because we just know where our limits are and what isn't going to happen as much as what is when we get together. So there's no, there's no judgment about like if she's got other friends or if I've got other friends and oh, you don't spend enough time with me. And it's, we allow each other to be wherever we are with whomever we're with. And that adds to our fun because if there's judgment, if there's expectation looming over our friendship, then it's going to taint how much fun we can have. It's going to, it's going to limit it. And so here I am popping the curb. Now, a lot of people that I know would have freaked out when I popped that curb and there would have been like a need to control it. And Oh my God, what are you doing? And why are you doing that? And she is like, Oh my God, I'm going to be myself in laughter. Like, I can't believe you just did that, but I can totally believe that you just did that. The kids in the back are like, oh my God, what just happened? Because they've got their earbuds in or AirPods or whatever the call them. And they've been tuned out and they're in their devices. And we are just howling with laughter in front now. And okay, kids, we're here. All's good. What's your fun? Is that fun for you or is that going to freak you out? It's okay if it freaks you out. I just knew my audience and I knew what I, what I could do here. Time-wise, you know, my extension, I've got my bandwidth. Always willing to try more, but there it was. So maybe a guitar class is a little bit more up your alley of having fun or a cooking class or reading a book, reading multiple books in a week, watching movies, um, having a game night. Uh, what is it that makes it fun for you? Big crowds, small crowds. I will tell you that there seem to be a few um, stabilizing points, solid points, uh, non-negotiables in having fun. It Connection is one of it. Like 
where is your connection to having fun as well as those that are having fun? Because it's not necessarily the connection to the people as much as it is to yourself in that moment. Do you know who you are? Do you enjoy what it is that you're doing? Because if you don't, you're not going to be connected. There's no possibility of being connected because you're going to be outside of your mind or in your mind thinking about perception. How are other people perceiving me having fun? What's happening for them is not important to you having fun. What's happening for you is what's important to you having fun. And we can't always do that with everybody that we're around because we tend to perceive ourselves differently with different people. So knowing who you can have fun with is as much the part of the recipe as actually having the fun. Are you a planner? Angie's a wicked planner. She is like total type A and had all her suitcases, but I know that about her. So when she says we got to go, then we got to go because she's, she's going to start ramping up and that's okay. So I know how I can help and how I can be me is to say, I'm driving you there. No, I don't want to go to Disney. I want to stay far, far away from Disney because Disney is not my idea of fun. All those crowds, all that money being spent, all that stuff, all the hype and the oversensitizing is my personal hell. And you will not catch me at Disney ever. For those of you that love Disney, I'm sorry for the blasphemy that you are perceiving from me. I'm not going. It is yours to have. You can do what it with it what you would like. That is your fun. Go have it. I will be here cheering you on. My idea of fun is out in the woods someplace, in a cabin, with friends, with family members, playing games, doing different things. Like, what is your idea? If you don't know what your fun is, look back on your life and think about maybe two or three times that you knew you were having fun. Maybe you were sledding when you were a kid, biking, doing swimming, doing something like that, you know, fun little adventures um, with your grandfather or something going to the hardware store, like those things can be fun for people. What was it that brought out your fun? What was it that brought out feeling alive for you? And go and see how you can suss that out so you can bring more of that to yourself in your everyday, in your here and now, and how you might be able to arrange more openings in your schedule for fun or making the very things that you do more fun. Can you make a game out of doing the dishes? It got desensitized in my house, but I used to make the games out of chores and we would set the timer and see how much we could get done 
in a two or a five minute span and add time if, you know, to somebody, if they sat down or, you know, there were different penalties or ways that we could do it. When other people aren't around to do the chores, I'll do something, whether it's like, okay, I put the tea kettle on and I see how quickly I can empty. The, it's like, see if I can empty the dishwasher before the tea kettle starts going off. And even if I can't, I've gotten that much further, that much quicker. So the next time I turn around, like emptying the dishwasher won't be a problem or see if I can load it again or like what else, what else can I get done? Making a game out of the things that you already do can be fun. It can be an adventure. And then you turn around and now you've got an opening to do the things that you want to do because the things that you didn't want to do just got done a little quicker because you made it fun. It lightens your load. It's not frivolous. Fun is really, really necessary and makes things great. So have some fun in your life. Bring fun. What, what is that? What can it bring? I don't even know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm circling back around all these times because what's coming in for me too is the thought about love. And I know this seems like a sidestep and a jump over into that, but it isn't. And the reason I'm, I'm thinking about it is because of what's been happening over the holidays and how the holidays should seem fun. And they might've been fun at one point. And this might be a great way to start figuring out the ingredients to fun for yourself is if the, if the holidays were fun at one point, what made it fun? Was it baking cookies and, or having holiday parties? Was there a Yankee swap or a secret Santa that you did that made it fun for you? Was it the decorating? Was that fun? What was it just seeing the family or was it seeing, was it giving the gifts and seeing people's eyes light up? What made the holidays fun and what is now not fun is probably those missing components. And while you might've made cookies with your grandmother and your grandmother's no longer around, you can't make cookies with your grandmother. You can pass that tradition down and make cookies with your kids or the neighborhood kids, or, you know, you can take the cookie tradition to someplace else. And that's just an example, obviously, but it's a way to start sussing out what's missing for you. If you're not having a good time around the holidays, like I said, that's okay. And you can aim to bring it back up, bring yourself to doing something. Um, the holidays aren't the same for me anymore. And divorce does that. And I had to start thinking about it in a way I didn't want to think about it. But it was just another day on the calendar and I had to reel back my own expectations and what I hoped for and what I brought to my kids and created for traditions and that those traditions, how they got broken down and where it was going to go from there. 
And I couldn't regroup on a lot of those traditions. And it became exhausting and defeating in a lot of ways. So what happened by accident for me, and maybe it wasn't so much accident, but it was because it was a little bit more intentional than that. But alongside of my kids' elementary school, for a while, there were um, small Christmas trees that were free. And I would notice them and notice that nobody took them for a really long time, like years, literally, they would, they, they would be put beside the school and nobody would take them. And then they would just disappear one day. And so after, and this was before I was getting my divorce. So then when I was getting my divorce and I was in a different housing situation, I saw those trees and I knew that everybody had wasted them. So I grabbed them. I grabbed one, not all of them. And I put them up near my new home. And I put it in the state park and I decorated it a little bit. And then I invited other people. I left a sign on it and I invited other people to add their own decorations because this is a state park. So people are walking it all the time. And slowly people started to add ornaments and I didn't hear anything about it and that was okay. But that was my way of saying like, I want to bring some joy. I got some solar lights and I added lights to it so that they would light up at night and I didn't need to run an extension cord like half mile down the road, whatever. And people started to add stuff. So then I took the tree down after the holidays, but I kept the ornaments. And then I did it again the following year. And I put those same ornaments back on. And then year after year, people started to learn to look for the tree and more ornaments were put on there. And some of them, like um, one that got put on said, um, Seth, we miss you. And I don't know who Seth is, but these people do. And Seth might be a person and Seth might be a dog, but it's a way that people can take their yucky feelings around the holidays, that, that hole that Seth left in that family, they can add a little bit of that healing to that tree and feel a little bit better. And that helped me to feel better. And I could regroup. And now I look for that tree and instead of it being something to do, something else to do to put on the list, I look forward to it. And this year I got a really big gift back that I wasn't anticipating, which was there's a Facebook group around this state park that I didn't belong to, that I don't belong to, but a friend of mine belongs to. And she happens to know that I put the tree up and I didn't do it for accolades. I did it for my, for myself, but also for other people and to see what, what they did. Like it's always fun to stumble across some decoration out in the middle of nowhere where it's like, Oh, Hey, somebody thought of that. That's kind of cool. And 
so I just thought I'd be that person. So my friend tagged me on this post that I didn't know about, but somebody took a picture of that Christmas tree and she posted it on her page on this page. And she said to whomever put, puts up the tree, I love it. And she expressed what that particular area meant to her and what happened for her and her father back then and how her father used to work in the park and what he brought to it. And then after she posted the pictures of the tree and underneath of it, all these other people started to post their thanks, their appreciation and what it meant to them. And it was all something different. And I couldn't have possibly known what all of those people were thinking. I, I didn't know what it would mean to them, but they appreciated the tree. They appreciated the fact that I take the tree down and bring it back every year. And now it's becoming a tradition. And I don't plan on living in this area, you know, all that much longer, really. I don't know what that looks like, but I hope to pass that tradition on if I'm not too far from the area and I'm just in a different home in a different town or a different part of town, then I'll go back and put the tree up every year. But if I leave the state or, you know, it, it gets to be too much, I'm really hoping that somebody, I can pass the tradition on to somebody else, but if they don't take it, that's okay too. But this is about like, what's fun for me and the love that I'm trying to put back in my own holidays in my own self and rebuild myself after what's been really unfun time in my life. And that is really putting it mildly, but I don't need to relive the yuck. And actually, if I relive the yuck, that's where I am. That's where I stay. And I don't want to stay there. I want to move on. I want to have more adventures. I want to have more fun. And there are people that I haven't met yet that I'm going to have fun with. And it's because of what I'm bringing to it. It's not because of what they're bringing. Although their fun will meet my fun. And that's what will make it more fun. And that's what I want to bring about with the love. That's me putting that tree there is, is a act of love. It's an act of love for myself. It's an act of love for those who walk by and see it. It's, but it's not like, oh my God, I'm in love with a tree. Like I'm sure there are people with that kind of psychosis where they could be in love with a tree. Okay. I'm not judging, you know, you do you, but I'm not in love with the trees. I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking about love, love, like just a, just an agape love, a, you know, a, all the other different types of love I can't think of right now. But we, when we have fun, when we engage that, that is a way to love ourselves. And it's not taught as self-love. It's taught as frivolous. It's taught as extra as something that, you know, it's 
unnecessary, but it is very necessary. It's very, very necessary to have fun because it does bring about love. And I guess this is kind of tripping into what else I was thinking about in terms of what's been coming across my plate in multiple generations. In the older generation of after divorce or after death of your spouse, in my generation of the commonality of divorces that happen, and in the younger generation, looking up, going, why would I get married? Why would I fall in love? Do you people see what's happening? This is gross. And I don't blame them for looking at it like that. Because when they look around, they see more divorced people, more unhappily married people that are aimed at divorce or should have divorced a long time ago than they do successfully loving, happy couples. And pardon me, I'm going to talk, I just got a little tickle in my throat. So I wish I had a mute button. Sorry, I'm going to glug here. <laughs> say sorry about that. I hate when people drink and slurp and <laughs> I'm still not done. It's still tickling. <laughs> All I've got is the water right now. I don't have a mute. I'm driving down the road. I'm glad I've got the water, but <laughs> my, my apologies, my apologies. Okay. Hopefully you can take me off mute because I didn't have mute, but done coughing and choking. Um, but marriage as a, as a design isn't about, it takes two to make a successful marriage. And I just heard a great line that said, you know, about a Hollywood couple or something. They were interviewed and saying, how did you make your, your marriage so successful? You know, you're under the spotlight, you're in the spotlight and you're under so much pressure and people are always following you. And, you know, the average couple has so much pressure on them. How did you guys make it work? He said, well, neither one of us wanted to get divorced at the same time. And really, that's, that's a, that's a reality. Like, you're going to dislike the person that you've hitched your wagon to. And what you hope is that they don't dislike you at the same time. Or that if that happens, that you can both go and find your fun without, you know, blowing up the marriage. You know, like if your fun is having sex with other people, uh, that's probably going to blow things up. Um, unless there's an agreement, but whatever, just saying, like, if that's your idea of fun, then it's probably going to blow up. But if your idea of fun is going out, getting together with your best friend and having a game night with them or watching a movie, then you can fill back up and then come back to the marriage and regroup, try again and work through it. You can build your skills. You can do all these things to 
work at being together if it really means something to you. And many, many times people grow apart rather than together because they don't do these things. And then divorce can often be a better solution than staying together because the idea of staying together for the kids is really antiquated and really unhealthy because the kids can feel when things are off, when it's wrong. They know when mom and dad are fighting, whether you do it behind closed doors or not. If you've walked into a room, you know when somebody's just been arguing and they may just shut up, clam up as soon as somebody else walks in the room. They're not dummies. Hell, they're probably more intuitive than you are as an adult because the younger you are, the more intuitive and connected you are. So the only people that you're trying to lie to if you, if you don't want to get a divorce or you're staying together for the kids is yourself. And that's a whole nother ball of wax. But having the fun is a connection point to being in love. Do you have fun with the person that you love? Because if you don't, sorry, you don't have a chance at staying together. You need to, it, it's a connecting point. And it's necessary and great. It's so fabulous. There's, there's so many reasons to have fun. And to the younger generation, your fun looks different than the generations before because the technology is different. We didn't have technology. Our fun was, was human connection. And you guys are experiencing it differently. So sometimes your fun can be technology and that's okay. And sometimes it's an addiction, but knowing the difference is what you have to discern. So feeling into this, feeling what fun feels like, going back into your reservoir, what, what you knew um, was fun when you had fun, like the, that scene that you have in your head, if it was fun during the holidays, you know, again, to use the cookies with grandma or whatever, like, yeah, if that's your fun, suss it out, feel, get like, immerse yourself in that memory and remember everything, the warmth, the smells, the, the exchanges, like what was happening for you energetically? Was there like a, the slow hum, a calming, a peace, like what experience did you have physically in your body when that was going on? Because that will be a way to navigate yourself to finding your fun again, if you've lost track of it and you're not sure if this is fun, because like, let's face it, there are some things that are billed as fun that aren't. They just aren't like, hey, fun size Snickers. Sorry, not fun. Like, <laughs> no, like, give me a candy bar, man. If I want it, like, that's not fun to like unwrap 17 different 
rappers like no that's not fun who whoever came up with that is lying there are other things that we think are fun like oh scrolling through social media well is it really fun or is it just kind of like a numbing and again the way you're gonna find out if it really is fun for you is to go back to those past memories get connected to what fun felt like if it was a calm feeling if it was a heightened sense of excitement if there was some sort of tactile feeling inside of you and then go with that because do you have that feeling when you're scrolling through facebook or instagram or tweeting tweeters twiddly d tweet whatever like who i don't know for me that's not fun it's not fun am i on facebook yep do i have fun doing it not always sometimes there are sometimes that i'll just post things that just absolutely made me laugh and i'm like okay i'll just spin this one out there and see how others take it and sometimes it takes off and sometimes it just falls flat and neither time could I care because I had the adventure, I had the fun and I shared it with somebody else and I don't know who I was sharing it with, but some people see it, some people don't. But to get back to the fun and love and marriage and why, why would somebody get into a relationship why would somebody get married at a, you know, from the younger generation? Why would they look forward to having marriage when all they're seeing is heartbreak? And I might equate it to having a pet. Maybe. I'm going to try this. I'm, I'm just flying off the cuff here. And I don't know if it'll work out. But when you have a pet, you have a, there's a lot of anxiety. Let's say it's a puppy. Puppy starts chewing up things. And mine chewed my belt, like chewed right through a leather belt that I loved, chewed shoes. Um, the other one buried shoes. You know, there's, um, they chewed furniture, um, peed on the rug and, the, and poked on the rug. And, you know, you've got to clean all that up. And then there's the replacement of the stuff. And, oh my God, that's like such a pain. Yeah, it is. It, there's work. And then there's the driving around with the sunroof open and then they stick their head out the sunroof just on impulse because they know how to enjoy themselves. And like, ooh, I wanna, you know, that's where I wanna go. And now everybody knows your dog as the one, like they see his head sticking out the sunroof and they get to know him that way. And now it's a connection point and he makes you laugh and and he snuggles in bed when you're not feeling well. And when you're going through that divorce or you've had a bad day, they're there, you know, just sitting under your chin as your tears fall. There's so much to it. And then they also pass away. And when they pass away, you really ask your, yourself, was this worth it? Is the pain of losing them worth the adventures that we had over that 
short span of life that might be a decade if you have a dog. If you're lucky, you get a decade out of it. Is it worth it? Is marriage or relationships, not even necessarily getting married, but just committing to somebody, is it worth it? Do you have fun? Is there an adventure with them? Or is it just cleaning up a whole bunch of pee and poop all the time? Or is it a mix of both? Because both is life. It's dark and it's light at the same time. They've got those cute little faces. Yeah, they chewed through your belt, but damn, those ears are cute when they're looking at you and those big puppy dog eyes, literally, and you're going, I can't be mad at you. I know it must've been fun to chew through that belt. I'm sure it felt great on your teeth. Yep, if only you could poop out the money to replace that belt, that'd be great. Life can be fun, but you have to choose it. So I guess this is all to encourage you to choose to have fun, choose to love yourself because it is fun and it's self-love to have fun. And it's important to make the time for that because the more we do that, the more we appreciate ourselves. Imagine, well, actually, let's see, Google. They have designed their space, like the company itself has designed their physical space for their employees to be fun. They have places to take, take naps. They have places to play ping pong or slides. There's different, like, um, you know, sitting in a beanbag chair or like having a cereal bar, all these things. They made their atmosphere fun because they know that that's enticing and that creates more creativity and produces more of what they want. But there are other companies, other conglomerations that do not pick up what they're putting down and they make a stark contrast to that and they penalize you and they take away your vacation days and they, you know, dock pay or like there's certain things and it's like that is coming from the fear-based life and that's a thought process. And so the, the companies, the corporations have been built around that thought process. And that is what you are building around yourself. It's a thought process. If you are in that type of feeling that you can feel that and some of you might even know exactly what that feels like because you go to work at those places. It's stifling. It's rigid. It in your body, it's unforgiving. You don't want that. And there's a resentment and an anger that builds around that. So if you've got that type of thought process in your head about not having fun, then that's what you're doing to yourself. That's what you're doing. That's how you're building your relationships because your relationship to yourself is what you have in relationship to other people. When you've had the most successful relationships, it's because of how you treated yourself first and foremost. It's something that 
came alive inside of you. Yes, you might have attributed it to that person, but no, you gave yourself permission to be that. And then they gave you permission to be that. And so then you could go off and be that together. That's what made it work. But it starts with you. So start having fun. Find the fun in your life again, because that's love. And that brings more love to you. That fills your space. And even if you don't end up having romantic love brought to you, you end up with neighbors that are enjoying the tree along with you. You end up with new friends that you didn't know that you were going to have because you're having beers with people and you're joking about, I won't get into the whole story. There are other jokes that had that, that you can create and you meet new people and whether they become lifelong friends or it's just in that moment, who knows? Who cares? Because you're having fun right then and there. And maybe that joke turns into, hey, let's have beers again. And maybe that those beers turn into coffee or dinner or you don't know what's going to happen. But go out there just to have fun, not with the expectation of doing something and going into the new year. Don't go in with a resolution to lose weight. Go in with a resolution to have fun and move more. And what are those things that you do that would be having fun? Is moving more, going out dancing maybe? Because that's exercise and that might actually get you to lose weight, but you're having fun. So if you move more and have fun, hey, you might lose the weight too, but you might like who you are more. You might have more confidence. You might find new friends. You might do things that you wouldn't have normally done if you allow yourself to just start by having fun. So I'm almost home. Well, sort of, maybe a half hour, something like that. But I am done with this podcast now. And until next time, this episode, I should say, until next time, I'm going to leave you in charge. Have fun.